This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Monday, December 28th, and this is Season 5, Episode 17 of the Four Star Spurs Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. With me this week, we have Tommy. What's up? Nate. Hey, guys. And Lucas. Hello, hello. I'm actually very excited about this. We haven't had Nate and Lucas on a, a, together in no, a while. No, we haven't. How weird is that? Yeah. I, I, it's literally we've been since we've been in the pub. Yeah. I miss those days, man. God. I was talking about this the other day. And I was just like, I cannot wait. Now we have the vaccine out and things are starting to move. I'll be it very, very slowly. And it probably won't happen until maybe even next season. But like, I just can't wait to be back in there with you guys. Oh, and just be happy recording on a Monday night. I, mm-hmm. I so much. Like, uh, I, no- say, I hated that because it was a Monday and I get home at like 10. I'd be really hungry, but now I just can't wait to do it again. And just, I want to go to as many as I can. Like, I'm going to be like, every week I'm going to be volunteering to go to the Atlantic to record. So, oh, yeah. I'll be all over it. Um, but I want to start the conversation. We, um, we've we obviously had an interesting week this week. Um, but I figure a good place to, to break the ice is uh, um, uh, we did win the match against Stoke, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Um, and that that precipitated us advancing to the the, the semifinals of the League Cup, um, and we had a, a draw that happened right after. And I think this was a pretty favorable draw to us. And I, I remember talking to you in person, Lucas, and you were saying it's going to be Man City Bar- uh, um, uh, Barnsley, and it's going to be uh, us uh, and uh, United. Was how the straw Rafford, was going to be. Not Barnsley. Uh, did I say Barnsley? Uh, yeah. My my apologies. Yeah, but regardless, we got the favorable draw here. I mean, that doesn't typically happen to us, right, Lucas? Yeah, and I was I was pretty dead convinced that that was going to be the way it was going to work out. Just our luck. Um, but that is the craziness with how these cups how they work because sometimes you can get that lucky draw. Like we had this year, we got our first round game just canceled and they just gave us the win. And then the next time we beat Chelsea in penalties. And then instead of getting like city, like Arsenal had to get, we get Stoke city. And then instead of getting man United, like city just got, we get Brentford. And sometimes you get that draw or sometimes you get the league cup draw that we had two years ago where we played Watford, West Ham, Arsenal, Chelsea. It's like we had all premier league teams. Yeah. So. All London Derby. <laughs> Yeah, so all, all Premier League teams that hate us. So it was like, <laughs> it was sometimes you get those draws and sometimes it goes your way. I just thought for sure that it'd be City because they usually get things to work their way in these cups. But we're yeah, very it, fortunate that we didn't we, have that happen. It was a fortunate draw and it's going to be, a fa- I think, a pretty favorable position when the time comes. Um, the FA Cup will follow the week after if, I, if I'm looking at the calendar right. Um, so we have... A, a, we have that it's relatively. Just, I, think, I think it's the opposite. I think we bring first and then we play because I think that the eleventh is the Brentford game, right? Yeah, no, I think no. we play. Marina's I think, no, no, the fifth. 
We played Marina on the. Um, I think, oh, did I get it switched up? Oh, you're right. Yeah. Apologies, yeah. Anthony. Yeah. So um, we played Marina after. So uh, so we have this kind of favorable situation where uh, we we have a a couple teams that we should be able to handle. It's even more interesting than that, Anthony, because actually, if you look at all our cups we're in, including Europa League, we got some of the easiest knock on wood, obviously. We got some of the lowest coefficient draws out of all of them, if not the lowest available. Marine's the lowest. It's still like the biggest gap between teams that have ever played in the FA Cup. And then we've already mentioned Brentford. It's the only championship team left. Um, it actually kind of reminds me of the last time we made a League Cup final when we got um, paired with Sheffield United in the final in the semifinal and we're able to beat them. And I think it was Chelsea that had to play United or city before they beat to get to the final that year before they beat us in Pacha's first year. But then even Europa league with Wolfsburger, they're like one of the lowest rated teams left in that competition as well. So somehow some way against all of our kind of usual cliches as a football club, we've been able to luck out in all these cups, which probably means that we're going to get embarrassed in all three of them. But uh, let's get there when we get there. Right. <laughs> Yeah, let's not go there yet. And it, I think with the week that we've had, it's easy to, to get to that, that that level of negativity. But this is probably a good way to roll into the League Cup match because that it was a moment of positivity this past week, uh, despite what we you know coming off of Leicester with the the kind of the the depressing loss um, after lo- losing in a a pretty good match to Liverpool prior to that. Um, we're, we went into this League Cup match where, well, this is our opportunity that we can get the earliest cup available to us um, and, and at least state our claim to, like, yes, we are a competitive team for trophies, uh, which is what you buy Jose Mourinho for to begin with. So it seemed like something that we had to put a little effort into, and we did put together a fairly good, a fairly strong squad here. With with Harry Kane starting, we had Bale in there. Um, uh, I think it was a, a a decent squad, and and then we got that early twenty second minute Gareth Bale goal that kind of uh, put us into a strong position. Uh, we did have to come back after the Thompson fifty third minute, but uh, but with Ben Dav- on the backs of Ben Davies and Harry Kane, we we were able to pull out a win in this match. So it uh, looks like you have your hand up first, Lucas. So let's let you roll into the conversation first. Uh, yeah, I just I thought, I mean, when you watch that game, we were on top of them. We absolutely smashed them, and it wasn't even close. But it's still a team that is, like, if they're Stoke, Stoke could be thinking, too, if they can get away to get by Spurs, they might get Brentford, and they could make it into a cup final. So they were still in it, and they were still putting forth the effort. And I think I got really scared when we started to not put them away with multiple goals because you always know any team in championship or hell, even league one, like these are teams that can, if they get an opportunity, take advantage of it. And we literally only gave them one opportunity. They took it. And then where it started to get kind of spooky is we don't get a replay this time and we don't get extended the extra 30 minutes. All they have to do is just make it to 90 force pens and anything can happen. So that's where I was getting kind of nervous. I was really happy that we were able to just, once that second goal went in, it was kind of like, now it's just a matter, is it going to be 2-1 or 4-1 or, you, you know, it was, but yeah, our, I was a little bit peeved that like our inability to put them away allowed them to still have hope and be in that game and we could have just squashed them out. Nate? Yeah, no, I, I agree with a lot what Lucas said. Um, it was really like, we talk about Mourinho's, um, 
and a lot of um, talk about how he sets up and plays. And then we, we, we were on the front foot for this game. We never really took it off. We had plenty of chances in the first half. We had plenty of chances in the second half. It was all about putting them away. It was something we couldn't do for some reason. Um, Deli Ali had a couple of great chances in the first half. Um, one where he went one-on-one with the keeper. Another one, he had a great shot outside the box. And they're like ancient 37-year-old goalkeeper ancient and 37 which is in football terms true but in life not um and he made a great save on that and that kind of kept it close for them to have kind of one chance up the up the other way and that one i mean it was a kind of it's a soft chance we love hugo but hugo near post is a meme for a reason it kind of happened again um but there were several ways that there were several ways that goal could have been played but all in all we came we bounced back right away and in fact, we even had a goal disallowed because of no or VAR that probably would have been a, a goal if it was the Premier League because Sun got waved offside when he was miles on. Yeah. So we were pretty much, I mean, it was tied for a minute, but I never felt like the game was out of our control for a moment, um, uh, it, which we can we can say otherwise for some a couple of Premier League games, one which we're going to talk about later. But for this one, it never was like that. It never seemed like that. It seemed like we were always had the ability to score. Um, which is nice to see, even if it is against Stoke. You know, Deli Alley got the start for this match, and I, uh, I, I at least think that he had a a reasonable performance. He might not have been the the, the best player on the pitch, but but I think for a guy that hasn't been starting, like I, I, I was pretty satisfied with his performance here. Obviously, Jose was not quite as satisfied after the match. Uh, Tommy, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I was. I mean, he came up what sixty six minutes. I, I mean, I thought he did pretty well considering the circumstances of him not playing as often. Um, I thought he helped build up a lot of play, connected a little bit. Um, I'm not, I mean, I wouldn't say he's my man of the match, but I think he, like, the, the effort was clearly there. He still wants to fight for it. Um, my only, the only thing is, is, like, there are some, the post-match comments of, Jose saying like he was the reason for that goal and he threw him under the bus. I don't know if it's like a motivation tactic or what, but I didn't really agree with that. But I mean, like how you're saying, Anthony, overall, I am not disappointed. I'm like, I, I'm happy that the effort's still there. I mean, he didn't look insanely great, but you know, it is what it is. So, yeah, I mean, there, it was, it was a, Lick that, like uh, Jose is saying, led to a goal later in the sequence. Um, I think a lot of people don't see it as much. Uh, what did you think, Lucas? Uh, I think, I mean, it was he gave the ball away by trying to be maybe a little bit too fancy. But, I mean, that's who Delhi is, and that's who he's always been. And you have to take the good with the bad because it's just the downside is, as of late, we're just not seeing as much of the good. But it, it's there, and it's who he is as a player. We just—I I really wish he would just step up and make, take a little bit more advantage of these opportunities because I think he knows he's not going to be getting that many opportunities. So when you do get that start in a Stoke or a Lask or a Ludigrets or someone, it's—you you need to—it—it it might be a little unfair because it is hard to when you're not playing regularly to just step in all of a sudden and be amazing. But it's kind of the hand he's been dealt right now. And if he wants to work his way back into the starting lineup, he's going to have to be very opportunistic with his chances and start burying some of these or creating I, goals. Lucas, you're dead on. Um, as much as I think, and I thought Delhi played pretty decent for him, especially from what we've seen. I mean, he got the ball moving forward. He got in a dangerous position. He had two great opportunities, but he didn't finish them. 
again. And I say again for a reason, because this has been something. I can't remember the last time he scored from open play. He's got two penalty goals this season in Europa League. And he's played a lot, and he's had some really good chances. And this isn't just like a recent thing. This is, goes back to pre-pandemic. I don't know if you guys remember the Aston Villa game where Sun got the winner at the end. Mm-hmm. Delhi had like four or five brilliant chances in that game, like point blank I'm talking about, that he couldn't put away. And, yeah, some of that is good goalkeeping, but it's also how he shoots. It's very placement-oriented. Very, He's not, like, burying a shot into the back of the net, ever. I don't think he ever does that. It's very placement-wise, and it seems like it comes off, like, nonchalant and that's kind of just sums up Delhi and everything he does it's nonchalant and the thing about Jose that you realize and the reason why you see everywhere he goes he wins but he butts heads with somebody he butts heads with a talent it happened when we know we know what happened in Chelsea and we everyone talks about Salah and the Bruyne Mesut Ozil mentions in his book that he bullied him intensely at Real Madrid um Pogba. Now we're seeing we have Pogba at United, the, and, and we can tell that it seems to be a Pogba issue because he is having the same problems with Ole in that team now. But yeah. it's like I think what happens is you see a, he sees a player that can be amazing, and they're missing something. And when he tries to tell them that and they don't listen, he gets frustrated or something like that happens. And and the question then becomes is is Delhi going to be the same kind of amazing player with the kind of flair and this kind of way he plays out of his game? And that's, that's a conversation you can have because he's, there's no question that he's incredibly talented and he, he would make us better, I think, with being involved in our squad more. But I think Jose gets caught up on trying to make these guys like perfect to what he sees them as. And when they can't be, rather than kind of accepting who they are and still being like a benefit, he like triples and doubles down. Like, if, if I think if, if Delhi puts one of those chances in the game away, I don't think we have this conversation. If he has two goals and he gives that flick away, I think, okay, maybe he brings it up, but he also brings up, oh, he, had a, he played exceptionally well. I mean, Del, I mean, the last game Delhi played, Jose said he had a great game. This isn't like something where he, like, doubled or tripled down. Or like, he's constantly harping on him. This, yeah. He said that last time. He said Delhi played great, which is why he got the start now. So... Tommy? So yeah, oh. you Nate, you kind of piqued my interest with the whole doubling down and with like talent and like whether it be Pogba and whoever. My thing is is the approach incorrect. So some people like yeah, Ndombele, like where he lit up a fire up in his ass and he, I didn't say bury him, but he threw him under the bus a little bit. He's saying the same. Like, it's very similar to how he's treating Delhi right now. Yeah, but like, should maybe it's he needs a different approach than with Delhi. Maybe he needs to be no, caught right. a little bit and you're exactly right. Treat and him I, with kid gloves. But I don't think he's capable. That's a fault in Jose. I don't think he's capable yeah. of doing that. And no, that's I don't just something. And that's something. And that's why you have these situations where people get frozen out of his teams or people butt heads with him. Or Chelsea gave up those two players at the same time. Though Ch- Chelsea had a, in that time they won a league. They won a League Cup, and they made it to a Champions League semifinal. So, like, that's that's him. That's the manager we signed up with. And, th- and that's been always been the Jose kind of thing. There are problems, and there are caveats, and 
you decide the success that you think he brings is worth it. And that's going to be a constant question mark we have on multiple levels. It's a question mark we have on results. It's a question mark on how he treats his players and his transfer policies because that will line us up for times after he's gone. And that's just going to be the constant battle. Is it all going to be worth it for what the output's going to be? And because we're in the middle of it, we can't answer that question. And so it's going to be a constant controversy. Now, now this particular match was one that did advance us to the next round. And um, uh, we're certainly going to have a different conversation when we get to the next match. Uh, but uh, but this one, we, we did what we had to do. Like, I think Jose likes to win that first silverware that becomes available because it makes a statement and i think that's important and we know that that's what he wants to do and uh, we did put enough emphasis on this to to get out of this round and uh we're luckily lucky for the favorable draw after this round um i think we'll have to have a conversation about um and that might not be this episode or maybe it will be this episode about whether the cup's going to be more important to us than uh uh our placement in the league and where where the emphasis stops but clearly jose made a decision we 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 put some emphasis here we got we got the goal it was nice to see a gareth bale goal um Mm. it was nice to see this uh weird ben davies goal and then uh harry kane uh do his thing on a sissoko assist mind you yeah, and a Sissoko assist. Kind of yeah. fell into his lap, but regardless, yeah. an assist. Oh, yeah, no, assist. he's done that same play three times Dor- as, as a Tottenham yeah. player. He, the he did Dorman against Burnley, he, he did it against Dortmund, and he's done it now. So that is a thing that's happened three times, not by accident. It's not falling into a lap. That's something Sissoko knows to do. That if he wins the ball up there, he can one-time it directly into the space, and Kane's going to be there. That's excellent play, actually. Yeah. And I will, I will die on that hill. No, I, I, the die on, I, th- okay. I think that I think that's fair. Uh, that's, I wouldn't say an odd one, a very small one, like the hill up on Montrose. <laughs> so I I think that's a fair statement. That's for Chicago so, listeners only. Has, has the certain things that he's good at, and he's he can make them work, and, and this seems to be one of them that we've seen a couple times now, and uh, occasionally he can get those key assists. Um, but. Um, Regardless, um, I think this is probably a good time to go to MVP, LVP on this match. Uh, so let's uh, start with Tommy for MVP. I, my MVP is Bale. Um, I know he played only a half and he came off injured, but you can see there are bits and pieces, or like there's pieces where it's like you see that's why we kind of got him back because of the quality of his play. Um, there's flashes of that brilliance come again. Um, eventually, hopefully, he can play more consistently. But, I mean, I was really impressed. I mean, other players, I think they all, for the most part, I think a lot of people did well. But, with, but yeah, Bale, I'm, I'll go with him. Okay. Uh, Nate? Sorry, I'm in the middle of chewing an ice cube. Um, <laughs> mine was... Um, Actually, and I can't believe I'm saying this, Harry Winks. I thought, for for the, if you want to see a game where if you if someone asks you what does Harry Winks do, and you want to show him a game, it's a game like this, and we've seen it from him now and again, and I think we all wish it happened more often. But him being that metronome in the midfield, getting the ball, 
moving it quickly and then moving it forward. And that's something that he's been kind of criticized for. And I think he did it very well today was moving the ball forward. And he had a great assist on the bail goal. And he very rarely has those assists. But when he does, it's kind of those kind of midfield lob passes into, into somebody in the box and someone's able to get in the end of it. And that was really nice to see. Um, and so I think for someone that's struggled to get game time and he's, there's been worried, he's been talking about like how much game time he's getting and he's kind of on the trading block, but not really, or the kind of selling block, but not really. Um, it was nice to see him coming with a really, really good performance. I think there's a lot of people that could have gotten in a lot of people that haven't had much playing time that played well. Davies played really well. Doherty played really well. So, but I thought Winks in particular, it was good to see him put in a performance like this. And maybe that's because he's playing at level that, He's that he should be playing at, or this is the kind of games that you need to play him at. But then that's good. That's a good thing. He needs to be showing up for these games. So I was really happy to see his performance. Well, and, and I can uh, honestly say that when I was watching the first half of that match, that I said, like, this match ends now. Winks is my man of the match. And I think it probably lasts. I'll, so I will agree with Nate, like, uh, so I don't have to spend as much time on mine. Um, <laughs> I first half was amazing for Harry Winks, not just the assist. He he did he seems to do very well when he has a little bit more time on the ball. Like when he plays a team that that's pressing hard and um and they they're not giving any time in the midfield, he doesn't seem to be able to handle it and we'll talk about Wolves in a, a couple minutes, but um but in this match like the, he ha- seemed to have enough time on the ball that he was moving it forward. He, he was making key passes, and then you had that key assist. So he was mine as well. But let's hear from Lucas next. I'll make, I'll make mine quick. I mean, I think a lot of guys played really well, but mine was just Hoybear. It was different. It was just funny to watch how the quality of Hoybear versus some of the quality of Stoke, it just it looked like it looked like if I were to go play like a U7s team, like just he just was head over or just heads above like the talent level on Stoke and he quietly was just dominating and cleaning stuff up and recycling things forward. So I, I thought he played really, really real. Yeah, no, certainly. Like, and like in the midfield is what it was, it was nice to see that us to be able to, to play a midfield game in this match with, without Indombele or La Celso, uh on the whole match. Like it, it, it's, it's nice to see that we can do something without those guys and uh, um, like to, to be able to accomplish things with Wink's Hoy Bear is, is a bit of an accomplishment because we'll obviously talk about how we have some midfield woes uh, when we talk about the next match. Uh, let's go to LVP next and we'll go back to Tommy for LVP. Uh, nobody was played that shitty. But I'm going to give it to Sanchez. Um, Nate said that Lloris was responsible for that goal. I think he, he was to a certain degree because he was a last-line defense. But Sanchez's positioning on that did not help one iota. So I got to give it to him because he didn't close in. And, yeah, so, I'm, like, you can't – when it comes to Hugo Lloris, like, you can't blame him just because he's the last one last line of defense like you gotta there there's a different layer to it so that's why yeah that's why i'm going with sanchez okay uh nate mine's gonna be hugo and only because of that goal 
Um, and for I understand your thing about Sanchez, but I actually thought he had a really decent game outside of that. And I also thought on the back end, Doherty did a terrible job of marking the player as well. But again, Doherty had another, a really good game outside of that. So it's kind of hard to give it to anybody. But I think because Hugo and the near post is a recurring thing, I have to go with him in this situation. But again, it's really hard. I, this is another one where I'm kind of like, I don't really want to pick anybody, but if I had to pick gun to my head, Hugo. Yeah. Okay. And that's a, that's a fair point. It's a tough one to pick. Uh, he uh, didn't have to do anything else too. So like, yeah. that's also the reason like he didn't make any saves because he didn't need to, but so he yeah. had one, there was one shot really that they had. They had another header that was missed by Fletcher that could have been done better, but really that's all they did. And they scored on that one chance. So Hugo yeah. near post, I know you're never going to figure it out, but I'm going to give you shit for it when it happens because it does happen. Yeah. Lucas? Uh, Nate pretty much said what I was going to say word for word. I mean, Hugo is I, – I, you can't say Hugo played bad, but he was my LVP because he was asked to do one thing in one moment, and you're our captain. You're the guy that needs to make that save. And I think Peter brought up a great point at the pub that was like, if that was Joe Hart starting and made that mistake, we would have absolutely – he would have been – just nailed to the cross. We would have thrown him under the bus. But I think you're actually think, right. But that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. like I think if, if yeah, if, if if it was Joe Hart that made that mistake, I'm gonna be like, oh, he blew it. What the fuck? And so I think that yeah, Hugo, in a game like that, we were only asked to do one thing, and it's tough as a goalkeeper when you're not involved in the game, and all of a sudden that one moment happens. But you're the captain, World Cup winner, our captain, France's captain. We need you to make that stop. Yeah, I, I think I have to agree with you guys. I can't blame Sanchez for this, and I can't really pick anybody else out that uh, had a less than quality performance compared to anybody else. We did get the 3-1 victory. Maybe it's a little unfair, but I'm going to go Hugo for my LVP. Any final thoughts on this Stoke City match before we move on to the Wolves? Okay, so this is the one that we're going to be spending a bit more time on probably, and... Um, this was kind of a, a frustrating match. Um, uh, we, we we took on the Wolves away um, just, just yesterday, Sunday. Um, it was a late match in the day for us. Um, we, we, ha- we didn't really seem to – we got that early goal within the, uh, what, second minute. Um, first minute, I'm sorry, from Ndombele. Um, and then we, it, it was almost like we foot our, took our foot off the gas or we didn't have anything to really going forward after that. Um, whether this was a strategy of the squad, whether this was, um, uh, just an inability to com- formulate a plan of attack. Um, we looked pretty lethargic for the rest of the match and then it just, I, I know the people I was watching with it, it felt like it was just a matter of time before Wolves were going to equalize. And then the only question was whether Wolves would be able to pull out a victory here. It never felt like we were going to be able to hold this lead when you were watching this match. Uh, Tommy? Yeah. What, regarding that goal, I mean, fair enough. But my, the thing is, is like Wolves, they were attacking. They were getting more shots. Um. And if you give me a second, I'll take a look. So stats-wise, they had 11 compared to 6, and then 6 to 3 on target. You know, it is what it is. We know how it's going to go. But at the time, before the goal, like probably first 50, 
60, 70 minutes, they they didn't really have the quality. So I was like, I hope we can ride this, continue this wave until the end of the match. Unfortunately, it didn't. And I know that we're playing Jose Ball right now, and but maybe it's because I'm accustomed to Pochettino, Harry Redknapp, Martin Yol, etc. But this was probably one of the most boring matches I've seen as a Spurs fan. It was a little frustrating. I know, like, kind of like Theo Epstein would say, you have to trust the process or stick with the or trust the plan. So I get that. It's just like we could have easily lost this game if it wasn't for the for the first set piece and, and Dombley's long range strike. It just we didn't like center midfield, I think, was just it was disappointing. Yeah. And then, like, forward uh, because of that, like Sun and Kane didn't look good. Um, and the other weird thing though, like I, I kind of shitted on Sanchez, but I actually, considering the cert, I thought he actually played pretty decent this game or yesterday, but like defense for the most part played pretty well, but like how it goes, that one thing, you know, that caused equalizer. It just, I don't, I don't know if we weren't up for it or it's just because of the scheme we're playing. It didn't translate into a lockdown product. I know we don't have the personnel this right now because kind of like I hate bringing up clock because everybody's jacking him and Liverpool off but this is we're a little over a year with Jose so I know I just have to kind of ride this out unfortunately well um, since you've mentioned kind of the, the, this uh, style of play um, I think Peter asks us two questions which kind of go to both go to the style of play that we are playing right now and I think it's probably a good time for us to have that conversation. I'll let Nate and Lucas tackle it first, but uh, could you read us uh, Peter's questions, Tommy? Sure. Okay, so during the Wolves post-game comments, Jose called out the team's second-half performance, saying they didn't have the ambition or desire to go for more. Typical Jose hyperbole or a worrying sign of things to come. The second question, um, it seems that West Ham... The West Ham collapse triggered Jose into our current approach. Uh, I would agree to that. Not surprising. Um, but given the results, do you see him loosening the reins against Fulham or sticking to his guns? Um, Lucas, you got your hand up. Lucas, so, Lucas, yeah. No, I think um, – in like as you guys know, in like the podcast group chat yesterday, Sam and I were going at it as per usual. <laughs> as uh, per, <laughs> yeah, as per usual on any Shocker. day. Yeah, just like any day of the week that ends in Y. But um, yeah, it was. I think the point I was most frustrated with, like I think we all felt frustrated yesterday because if that was an isolated incident and that game just kind of happened and we had been playing great, it's like okay, you know what? It's Wolves away. We'll take that point. But it's the fact that, like, this has been the same thing that we've been seeing on a regular basis in multiple games in a row. It's frustrating. And so I get that the way Jose has us set up right now, I think it is a personnel issue. We have a lot of – we've got a lot of rotating to do. We have a lot of games in a small amount of time. And I don't think he believes enough in these players to play I, – I don't think Jose's telling these players, hey, guys, let's go up one and then everyone park the bus and let's – not anyone have a – these are professional footballers. When you get the ball, you 
you're taught like go forward, make stuff happen. Like Harry Kane's not just like, nah, I'm good. One goal's fine. He wants to score. So I think that's what Jose's comments were when he was talking about the lack of ambition was I think there is a lot about this is style that Jose's choosing to play at the moment. And I stress, let's not panic because I think it's just a temporary thing, but there is a lot of blame that can also go to the players where like there was a lot of shit play son. I don't think son actually connected a pass yesterday. No, he was every off. pass. Every pass he played was two yards behind someone. So like there is a lot of personal blame that can go to the players, but to answer Peter's question specifically, like I think he will loosen the reins against Fulham. I think he'll, I, I don't think there's anything to freak out about. I think that there's just, we have to remember that when Jose walked into this team and Tommy said, Jose's been here a year, realistically with COVID and some of these injuries, it's like I, Jose's had these guys for about eight months, realistically at this point. So, I mean, it's going to take time and I, I don't think there's any reason for us to freak out. I think where we've gotten in such a short amount of time has kind of built our expectations. Like a week ago, we were thinking we're winning the league and now it's kind of like, we're actually, this is a reality check, basically being like, actually, we're not. This is where we're at. And it's still ahead of where we probably should be at this point. Yeah. And to, to your point, like, uh, and to, to Peter's point about the West Ham, like, there was a reevaluation after that match, I think. Uh, we, we went into that one. We were this crazy attacking team. We had gotten pretty uppity, I guess, about uh, our, our style. Um, and then we showed that our defense was extremely crackable. Um, so Jose made a point of we are going to create an indestructible defense. And, um, and th- that is going to be our new thing. Uh, we are not going to let lose because we gave up goals. Uh, I was kind of his, his idea. Um, and, and it worked for a while. <laughs> and, and, you know, it, it, we needed to make that change because we needed to learn that skill with this squad. Um, and, and now we're hitting this run of matches where all of a sudden that's not working anymore. And like where we, we are losing that goal when it's too late to recover and come back and, and, um, and get the goal for the victory or get the goal for the draw to hold the draw or, whatever the situation is, we're, we're losing games with that late goal um, because the defense is getting cracked too late and it's because we've gone to this hyper-defensive. And, and maybe it is that he's going to extremes to teach us those skills that so on the back end of the season we can be that team that has that depth um, and strength that we could either go on the attack or go on the defense. Or maybe if we're just not skilled enough to do both of those things at one time, uh, which I hope is not the case. I'm going to go to Nate next because he hasn't had a chance to re- respond recently. You know, it's it's interesting because there's a lot of things, I think, reasons to be pessimistic. And a lot of people are, including myself, after that game. I was really down um, because it was only a week or two ago that we saw Palace. And everybody seemed to see the same thing. It's like, okay, we can stomach the ultra-defensive shut-up-shop tactics when we're beating Man City and when we're on the road to Chelsea and when we go two up against Arsenal and ask them to try to create things and they create nothing. But against Palace, do we need to do that? Against Wolves, do we need to do that? Or is our midfield not good enough that these two teams can prevent us from doing any sort of attacking ball at all? 
and you kind of start questioning everything. And it's fairly easy to do that. And it's something I do too. And, and to a point it should be because this is a talented team. It's a talented team that we've seen can play. And, and the, the evidence there is both times after we went down, we finished the game on the front foot. We didn't win either of them, but same thing that happened against Palace, not to the same degree, mind you. We didn't test Patricio as much as we test Guaida, but we, again, started attacking. We got into their third of the, of the half, and we kind of had more of the possession in dangerous places after that than they did in both situations. So it does beg the question, who is this? Is this the players not reacting until they go down? Is this Jose not changing things until they go down? Is this some sort of mentality that them together have kind of built that's kind of toxic? However, Lucas made really good points that maybe we were punching a little bit above our weight before this. We went through this really difficult patch where we played just about every good team in a small period of time. And now we're um, now we're in a and, and now it's kind of we've kind of regressed to I think where we are expected. Also, if you look around the league, everybody's having problems. No one aside from me, Liverpool, and even Liverpool to a degree, is really going out. The the league could be one with like sixty points this season. This is something that is affecting everybody. Leicester lost again today. Leicester lost the Palace today. The Leicester that beat us two 0 at home. When lost to Palace at home. Who lost to Liverpool so, by seven. <laughs> Chelsea. It's mental. Chelsea lost to Wolves. Chelsea lost to Everton. Chelsea lost to Arsenal. 3-1. And then drew again today. Like, Liverpool couldn't beat West Brom at home. Their teams are dropping results all over the place. And the point in question is we've taken two points from the possible 12 we could have in our last four. And we're three points off second. Yeah. So that's um, tell you everything you need to know. Um, it's it's just a, it's a it's a weird season. So it is important to look at how we perform on a day on a game by game basis, and it's and there is reason to be concerned. But at the same time, it's not a freak out moment yet, as Lucas said. And now we have an easier schedule coming up before we play the rematch in Liverpool, where we play a very a very a troubled Fulham side that really has trouble depend. They're kind of find themselves again. We got we got Fulham, we got Sheffield, we got Leeds coming up, um, and teams at the bottom of the table after we've played one of the hardest stretches I can remember. So it's just important to keep those broader things in mind, but it is also important to look at this performance and worry because Lucas, as you said, or no, Tommy, I think, the midfield is a huge problem. It's yeah. a huge problem when Ndombele can't play a full 90 and LaCelso's injured. Because we could not get anything going forward at all. Let's go to Lucas, and then uh, then we have another question after Lucas. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to make this quick. It's just I, I agree with a lot of what Nate just said, and pretty much all of what Nate just said. But uh, to stress his last point there, that's kind of what I was trying to say yesterday. Like we we kind of thought that like by I used the point earlier that like Mourinho walked into this clown show of a team, and it, it's not like all of a sudden. We've gotten, like, Ndombele, yes, has seemed like a new signing. Um, but, again, he can't really give you 90 minutes on a multi-game-per-week basis. When we know when we have, need him because we have no Lo Celso, Like, I, I mean, it sucks exactly, that that had to be made. But... And Lo Celso's the new Lamella who can we can count on getting hurt every month, at least. 
and you have guys like Sissoko and Winks who are, yeah, they're okay, but like if we want to be challenging for leagues and trophies and Europe, it's like, guys, we, we they're just not good enough. Like you're not going to have a team like that has Sissoko, Sanchez, and Winks in it that wins. I mean, I think there's there's a point. It, it, it depends on the game. I think you, you when you have a Sissoko play, those are rotational guys play, though. Against those City, are guys you need against Chelsea in those kind of games. That's one thing, but you can't have Sissoko being your creative midfielder. Like he can't be the guy to sub in Dombele and say, "Okay, can we still move forward?" That can't yeah. be his role. That's putting him I mean, in a position and- to fail. And, and, and the same thing about Winks, he did come on for Ndombele in this match. But, well, we well, that, and about... that's the situation because, because Lucas, you're absolutely right. Jose's thinking, I've got no Lacelso. Before that, he was going Lacelso and Dombele, Lacelso and Dombele, and it kind of worked for us, right? Because he played Lacelso in those Europa League games we were winning. Then he had Dombele come against Chelsea and he, and uh, Man City and Arsenal, or not Arsenal. He got hurt before that, but that's that had, that's how he was doing it. And now he's got to think. Okay, look at how dire our midfield is. I don't. Ha- I can't. You can't rely on a Winks and Sissoko to do a full ninety in the Premier League to try to create something. We've seen that fail horribly and, under Poch and again under Mourinho. It doesn't work. So I need. Yes. A, you need a Domblay every game. But then that way, there's no. He's. There's no reason. There's no chance he's going ninety if he's playing twice a week, which I think is going to happen. So well, the, the stat about Winks. He's got one midfielder he can really rely on to be your creative force, and he's got one midfielder that can and Hoybeer, and those guys need to play every game at least some point for us to do something. The problem is Deli Ali. Yeah. It's crying out for Deli Ali, and he's made an enemy, and and he's made his scapegoat Deli Ali, and now he's not playing Deli Ali in the Premier League, and that's where. He loses me. That is that's where he does. Because yeah, as as I said earlier, he's got to do this, and this is his thing. But this is my problem with him. He has a way of doing things that has given him success, and because of that, he's not going to deviate from him. He's an old man sent in his ways. It's not going to change. But by God, could we have used Deli Ali earlier in that game? Lucas. And we could use him for this whole stretch playing in the Premier League. And he's not going to do it. And we all know he's not going to do it. Yeah. Lucas? I think I think we actually will see a little bit of rogue. I, I think we might see some Delhi because I, I don't think Jose's stubborn enough to be. I agree, he is. He's got his way of doing things, and why wouldn't you? If you've won all these things by doing things a certain way, yeah, it's easy to get stuck in as, your rut. As, yeah, as I mentioned before, he has a scapegoat, but he wins trophies every time. And but I, I will say that the one thing about Jose with this shit that bothered me was again I put this in the group chat yesterday when it was the 60th minute, and I said. I hope Wolves scores now. Yep. Everyone knows this is ending 1-1. But I was like, I hope they score now so we have 30 minutes to try and find the equalizer like instead of six. <laughs> and exactly. So it's like uh, that. My, 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 the thing that bothered me was you didn't see Jose up screaming at players, telling them to get forward. Get it, like, I would have been pretty fucking pissed. I'd have been like, come on, let's go. When you get the ball, like even before the equalizer, mm-hmm. I would have been I, – I, I would have loved to see Jose showing some passion on the sideline, communicating to these players that like – it's not okay to just win the ball and hoof it as far as you can and set back up. Like actually go take it to these teams like Palace and Wolves and Leicester, where we should be beating these teams and without we have. having to be defensive. We've done it before. We're do we've done it in the League Cup and the Europa League against teams. We did it against Southampton. 
We did it for a half against West Ham. We did it against United. Yeah, they were 10 men down. We still dominated the shit out of them before that happened. So it's not like we can't do it. And it's not like Jose can't do it. It's just for whatever reason, we've kind of all, I think it's, it's a cumulative thing. I think it's Jose. I think it's the players. They've all sucked themselves into this mentality where it's like, we can't, I can't make a mistake. And so I'm going to, and you saw it in the midfield all day against Wolves. You saw it with, we would get the ball and we'd be so worried about making a mistake in that midfield that we passed back constantly until we went down. And then all of a sudden we're back the other way and we're pulling it full steam ahead. And that's the problem I think people have. We saw it with Palace. We saw it again with Wolves. They were basically the same game. They were the same game. And to see that twice in that little time when we're going through this kind of dark period, it's enough to drive anybody crazy. So we need to see a reaction, and we need to see it Wednesday. Well, and that was, and that was a huge problem with this match, and we've talked about that a bit. But there was another problem with this match. Um, we... We did. We set up. I, I think like to, to for width. Like we had the three three defenders. Like so, we went three at the back, which we haven't done a lot of this year. Um, it, it it gave Sanchez a chance to shine. It gave Doherty a chance to be the wing back that he was. Um, um, Regulon like it gave them chance to provide the width and and show show that we could attack that way. Um, and we've talked about the midfield problems, uh, but this we, we had this bench that was made up of mostly defenders. Um, we didn't have a lot of attacking options off of there. I mean, we, we brought most of the, them on, like Bergvine came on, uh, Lamella came on later, but Lamella is even more of a defensive attacking player that you bring on late um, to, to kind of uh, be toothy and, and, and just, have a little bit more kick to him. But let's go to Shub's question on this. I think uh, th- that will bring up some good conversation next. So, Tommy? Uh, Shub's question is three center backs among the substitutes. Uh, for those who don't know, it's uh, Toby, uh, Joe Roden, and Jafet Tagaga. Uh, but no place for a striker. A case of hashtag over defend in the Jose mentality. Hashtag groundhog draw. Uh, Nate, what do you got? Okay. This is going to sound a bit not so, but I'm going full tinfoil hat on this. Okay. So we know Man City is having a COVID problem, and Gabriel Jesus tested positive. If you saw the Chelsea-Arsenal game, you noticed all three Brazilians on Arsenal's squad didn't make the team. So that's Gabriel, that's Willian, that's David Luiz. None of them were in the squad at all. Came out today, Gabriel tested positive for COVID. Our two Brazilians were also not in the squad. Lucas and Vinicius. Um, I think there's something that happened where they all got together and there's a COVID thing going on. And I think that's why they weren't in the squad. I think that's why they're... And I know this sounds a bit silly, but if you think about it, that's like eight Brazilians in North London that are football players that probably talk to each other that are all not in the team or not eight, but like that's six. And then you're talking Jesus. Maybe he's not related to it at all, but at the same time, it begs the question. Maybe it doesn't even beg the question, but, but I'm thinking this wasn't a Jose force. I think this was something that happened because people need to isolate. 
and we're going to hear about it more in the coming days. I, I haven't heard about that, but the, uh, this but is a hundred percent. This is a this is based on absolutely nothing except a hunch. Well, that's that's, an, that's it's just an where inter, I'm at. It's on an it. Interesting I just, hunch, though. Like it's, I think it's, it's, it, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like if you got like Gabrielle, like it's okay. David Luiz and William are struggling. That's one thing. Gabrielle's like a decent. Had to play Pablo Marie, which they never play ever. Like I don't, and then having none of them even on the bench, and then yeah. the same thing happens to us a day later. Makes yeah. me wonder a little bit. So I don't want to say like that was something tactical until I know for certain that it was. So yeah. I'm just gonna hold off on any judgment on this. And they're all Brazilian. That is interesting. Yeah, uh, uh, Lucas. I, I think that. Hey, I'm not gonna say it seems like a fair point. If you think about it, like. I'm not going to say it's BS because, I mean, that seems like a lot of coincidences lining up. But um, I think the way I kind of saw it before Nate even made that point, which now I'm thinking maybe he is right. I mean, I'm putting my own tinfoil hat on right now. But uh, <laughs> 5G, thought, 5G, it's going to kill us. No, I'm just kidding. Please don't. No. Like, if you're 5G person, podcast, you suck. But no, I had a – the way I kind of thought about it was a guy like, like Vinicius – would I love to see him out there? I, I would love to see him start against Stoke, to be honest. Because um, yep. I, I just don't see the point of having him if we're not going to actually use him. I think we're just kind of waiting for Kane's inevitable ankle injury, apparently, and then he'll be the new starter. So, um, But, yeah, I I thought of it as in a little bit pessimistic in the way that I kind of saw that game going where the midfield was the massive problem. So if the midfield's the massive problem, like what was Vinicius going to do in that game? Son, Kane, and whoever was up front couldn't even touch the ball. So I'm like, you could have put 10 Vinicius's up front. If we couldn't actually move the ball forward, it wasn't really going to matter. Um, I think, but I, I do think that the fact that we had so many defensive subs on the bench kind of leads me to believe that Jose was probably okay getting a point on the road yesterday. I think that was probably as much as he'll say in his pressers that he was where well, we want to win every game we play and this and that. I think when you have three center backs on the bench, it's, and you're starting with a back three, like, I think you're kind of like, Hey, you know, wolves away. We'll take a point if we can get it and we'll move on to Fulham. Yeah. Nate. I wanted to make one more point. Cause you reminded me of it because you kept mentioning this as wolves. And the more I think about it, the more it makes sense. You know, Espirito Santo, plays and it's happened in all three games he's played against Mourinho they they do a really interesting tactic which worked has worked incredibly well against us they foul incredibly early when we were getting the ball and defeat to Sun to Harry to anybody on a counterattack they foul like that stop any momentum we could get, bring they must have, I think they had like 11 plus fouls in that game um, they got two or three yellow cards off of it but none of them were intense fouls. They were all, and they and they weren't against the run of play fouls. That could be viewed as yellow. There was like we get the ball in the feet, and they wouldn't give Harry Kane or Son a second. They'd be in there with challenges, and if they got a foul, so be it. They weren't even worried about that, and they never were put in a position where they need to worry about that because the referee didn't call them. And I actually don't think that's a bad thing. I actually, think that was a great. It's a great strategy. I don't know if you remember, um, or if you saw the all or nothing stuff, but Josie literally mentioned it in the in the time we lost them at home that they were a team that fouled the moment we we were we were a bit, had the, maybe the chance to get on the break, whereas we didn't do that to them, and that's why we lost that game. 
and I, I couldn't help but notice it again this time that they would be quick to fouling and Jose wasn't able to create a counter strategy or at least something that was able to execute it by us to counteract that. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see if other teams try that more and more, but it's something that I've definitely noticed every time Wolves have played us, that it's something that they do. It, it happened. To, I don't, remember that first away game where like every, I think we, I mean, they fouled us and then we fouled Traore constantly as well. It's, it was like a game of who could foul the team more without getting a man sent off. Um, and I think, I think you saw it again today. There were tons of fouls in this game and we yeah. never were able to get anything going off of that. But again, that's an indictment on the midfield and the strikers and being on the same page and being able to create and being able to pass well when you can and work in the space when you can get it. And we just didn't. And so it's still, in my opinion, an opportunity lost. A quick point from Tommy. Uh, never mind. It passed. Uh, well, um, sorry. <laughs> This will be a good place to go to MVP, LVP. Uh, let's start with Lucas first for uh, MVP. Uh, I mean, if, it, if you don't say Ndombele, I mean, you just probably didn't watch. But got to be Ndombele. Oh, yeah. my God. He, he played amazing this match. And I think... He was the only one. Yeah, like his through balls, like his intensity. Uh, it, like his intensity was way more than... Than I think even usual, like in even that sprint, I, that run that he made, that he actually fucked up the pass by going uh, out wide to Regulon instead of Kane. Like even that, that he fucked up, I, he was sprinting and like beating people in a foot race, and I was like, "Where has this pace been?" It, it, he he looked two day, two games different. rest is where it's been. Yeah, it, <laughs> he looked on a different world yesterday. He was class. I it, it's he dribbled through their whole team twice. Yeah, one that, game. He did it twice. He didn't do it just once, and it was like, oh, that's a fluke, like Suns at Benz Burnley, which happened once in a million years. He did it twice in one game. And then one, he gave it up to Regulon. The other one, like, he just missed the final pass. And he was the only – and it showed you, okay, this is this is this guy. This is the guy we bought for $65 million. And if, when he plays like that, he's worth $65 million because, Jesus. he. Do, I mean, every game, I think he does one or two things. was like, how the hell did he do that? Like he had, remember that Rabona he had against Palace? Just like I think it was the City game where he just literally like spun around like two of the best midfield, Gunwan and Fernandinho, and just spun both of them and just made it made an out ball. Like, you're just like, he's a generational talent. But in this game, he did it like four or five times, and it was great. And unfortunately, we couldn't get a second goal out of it or anything. And he actually, one of them, he did get fouled on in, 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 uh, in the box and we couldn't get a free kick off of it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that is the guy. If yeah. he comes like that every game, I'm far less worried because more well, often we, than not, we will off some of those because that unanimous, was unanimous decision. He's yeah, I don't have anybody besides Ndombele for this one. And there's nobody I could nominate because everybody else was. A lot of hot, there was a lot of hot garbage yesterday. Was <laughs> so, well, let's Tommy, just go right about, to MV, yeah, LVP. Yeah, so Tommy, how about you go to LVP first? Then I never thought I would say this, but I'm giving it to Harry Kane. I, and and it's a lot of it is ex, like Kane was god awful yesterday, and a lot of it I think it's because of expectations. Like Sun was just as bad, but I know he's hot and cold, so that's why I'm giving the unfortunate edge to Harry Kane. For LVP for this match, hate to say it, but no fair yeah. point. Uh, okay, Nate, Rick. who do you have? 
Remember when Rick would always give his LVP to Harry Kane when he, yeah. when he tried to do enough in the early <laughs> if days? If Kane didn't score, if Kane didn't score, he was LVP LVG. to Rick. Yeah, no. I can't give it to Harry because I still, still think that. I'm, and I actually do agree with you on some points, Tommy, because there were a lot of times I think Harry Kane's starting to believe – I don't want to say believe in himself too much, but he's believing a little bit in the hype because there were a lot of times when he seemed to be looking for the perfect ball rather than the one that was there. And I think that hurt us a lot a couple times in the building. But for me, it's still Sun, only because he knew not a damn thing. He had one good run in the first 20 seconds to force the corner. After that, he did nothing. His touch was off. His pass was off. Couldn't hold the ball up. Couldn't get into space. Couldn't do a goddamn thing. And you've seen that with him. And for all the great things he does, that's still there. He's not – and people say, oh, is he world-class? Is he not world-class? He'll go on a run of five goals in two games and pink. Surely he's world-class. But if you watch week in, week out, he's got too many of these kind of performances for me to put him there yet. Because, I mean, it, there's been a couple of them. Lester, well, no, Lester, he did have a good shot on our target. But I think it, the similar thing happened in the Palace game. I think when we played Brighton, he was very ineffective in that game. The first game against Everton, he was very ineffective in that game. So, like, he has these invisible games. And a couple of invisible stretches. And until he irons that out, I don't know if I can put him in the Salah or Mane category. He's very close to that. And any any given match day, he can be that. But every given five match days or an entire month or two months, still waiting on it. Lucas? Uh, you know, I was going to go Sun, but I think Nate pretty much summed up everything I wanted to say about Sun. Uh, so I'm going to go different route just give it to Wakes. Um, in a game that we needed, so we needed that presence in the midfield to carry the ball forward, and I'm like, he had, it, it was he was sloppy. He had a bad touch. He was doing his classic. After we watched him play Stoke, and I get that Wolves isn't Stoke, but we watched him play and recycle the ball forward in a good way, constantly thinking about either carrying it or moving it forward. And then you watch him against Wolves, and every time it was like old school classic. The thing that he gets judged about it was. He would stop, look both ways like he's crossing the street as a five-year-old, and then <laughs> pass it back. And then he'd just pass Ooh. it back to whoever gave him the ball. And it's like, guy, we, we needed so much more out of him from that game. And and then you take the fact that he almost allowed a goal because he couldn't actually make a challenge on the guy because he had a retaliation yellow card. Yeah, it was, it was a really stupid yellow. And then so he had a stupid yellow after losing the ball, making a foul, getting the yellow, and then like ten minutes later. He almost cost us a goal because he couldn't actually confront the guy running into the box because he was on a yellow. It's like shit like that. I just maybe I'm too harsh of a Winks critic, but man, he drove me absolutely up the wall yesterday. No, I think you're right. And I don't think you even mentioned there was a moment in the second half before he went down where he had three straight terrible passes in about a, in about a minute and a half span. And they were all looking forward and they weren't even close. None of them were even close. And he's a guy that says, put me in the team. I want to play more. I want to make the Euro squad. And he's done well for Southgate when he's played there in England. So, uh, and he does well against Stoke. And then here's your opportunity. Jose's playing the guys that played well against Stoke. Played Davies, played Doherty, played Winks. I don't think, I don't think all three of them had, I think all of them had bad games. I think Winks had the most because the midfield has been such a big, uh, spotlight that we all focus on, but all three of them had bad games this time. Yeah. 
No, I ha- I have to uh, uh, agree with both of you. It's tough to pick t- between Sun and uh, Winks in this one for me, and both of you have good points. But I think I'm just going to go Sun. Um, I I am uh, my thing with Sun is like I I think we've seen that he he tends to to really struggle when you have a a congested match, but this wasn't that congested and. It, and granted, I realize that there wasn't a midfield feeding him balls in good places that that makes sunshine. Um, but um, nice pun there. But yeah, sunshine. Uh, but um, <laughs> but regardless, I I need to see more out of him. Like when we're down, he needs to be able to pick us up if he is going to be that superstar, and and, and not like just a step below. Those that superstar status, so I'm going to make it sun for this one. Um, well, great conversation on both the Wolves and Stoke. Um, we do have two matches to preview in the second half, so we 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 have a lot left to cover, and we do have one more final question that I want to tackle. Uh, but first, we're going to go to uh, Luke's locks, and, and then uh, Tommy's back page update. So, Luke, Lucas. <clears throat> All right. For all you gambling addicts out there, got a free set of money for you, four plays here. And get these in quick because a couple of them are tomorrow. Uh, Brighton at home against Arsenal. That one's going to go over two and a half. Arsenal's riding a little bit of a hot streak. Brighton's always good for a goal. Brighton at home, lock in over two and a half. Saints at home to West Ham. That one, oddly, going to go under. Both these teams can actually score on each other, and I think both these teams are okay getting a 1-1 draw. So, easily, Saints, home to West Ham, under 2.5. Third one, this is our beloved, Spurs at home to Fulham, over 2.5. I mean, Christ on a bike, we need to score some goals, and I don't see us keeping clean sheets anytime soon. So, Spurs, Fulham, over 2.5. Then... Lastly, Liverpool, minus one and a half, away at Newcastle. Uh, Liverpool has been one of those hot and cold teams, so they will draw a game to Fulham and then go beat Palace by seven and then drop points to, who was it, West Brom. So whoever's on tap next is going to get smacked. So Liverpool is going to win by more than two goals. So one and a half away at Newcastle. There's your free money. Let's go get rich, kids. Thanks, Lucas. Um, now let's go to Tommy's back page update. Thanks, Anthony. And as Anthony said, I am Tommy, and this is your back page update. Uh, it's been reported by multiple news sources that show out of favor of that Danny Rose leaving a police station with a bandaged leg. Uh, the Sun reports he was arrested last Wednesday at 4 a.m. for dangerous driving and wrecking his car in a high-speed crash. Unfortunately, it's pretty sad that it comes to this. Hopefully, he gets it together at a new club at the end of the season. It's official. A former Spurs manager has a new appointment. Yes, that is correct. Christian Gross has been appointed manager for bottom of the table, Bundesliga side, Schalke. Good luck to him. Unfortunately, they are six points away from safety. And now for the good stuff, I got some transfer rumors for the masses. Uh, Rumors have been swirling that the alleged next manager of PSG, former manager Mauricio Pochettino, wants to sign out of favor attacking midfielder Deli Ali either on loan or permanently. 
Jose Mourinho is reportedly keeping tabs on defender Sergio Ramos as he is in the final year of his contract at Real Madrid. Uh, next up, Mundo Deportivo revealed that Spurs are looking to sign Atletico Madrid striker Diego Costa. It's reported that he has requested to terminate his contract, which runs out at the end of the season. And lastly, the rumor is returning again from last February. Spurs are in, are to have a serious interest in RB Leipzig midfielder Marcel Sabitzer. It's been rumored by Ekrim Koner that Spurs have already been began talks over a deal. The sale is being considered because of Sabitzer's wage demands. And I'm Tommy, and this is your back page update. Well, thanks, Tommy. Um, I, I want to start the conversation. We can talk about some of the other transfers as well, but we do have a question um, uh, from Kyle Mates that I want to start off the second half with, and that's uh, uh, regarding a former player of Spurs. So uh, go ahead, Tommy. Uh, Kyle's question is, thoughts on the rumors of Christian Eriksen returning to Spurs? I'll keep it short and sweet for you, Kyle. No. <laughs> okay. But I don't know about anybody else. Okay, I was going to say, I'll, I'll, I will probably play for Spurs before Eriksen So Okay. First of all, I saw, I saw something on, like, I think it was like Don Ballone, which is one of, like, the least reliable Spanish newspapers about him being it or them that potentially happening also if it happened today today is the equivalent of spain's april fool's day so any kind of transfer rumors and they always happen around this time need to be taken from a, with a grain of salt from there more more so than usual because they'd like to do fake headlines and stuff this time of year but the erickson thing and i said it on twitter and i'll say it again here the erickson that we would need does not exist anymore he is gone. He has ceased to be. He's bereft of life. He's an ex-Christian Erickson. Um, we 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 didn't. The the one that left us last year would probably be the one we would get back, and that is something I don't think that does enough to our team to warrant that coming back. Sabitzer, on the other hand, is very interesting. He tore us to pieces last year. He's been great in the Bundesliga, and that, that that does say one thing, but that's a guy that I think you come in and say, okay, this is something new. This is in a position of need. It was, we've talked about how our, our midfield recently um, having problems, and I'd be interested to see, and this is, it sounds like this is something, again, that from the top down is recognized and is trying to be rectified, and that's very important. I like seeing that because we all kept crying out for new striker, new striker under Pochettino, and we were never linked with a striker. <laughs> now, one, right off the bat, we're getting top-tier sources. David Ornstein said this. He's a, he's, he's a guy that's really up there. Kilpatrick has also said this. So those are like our usual like tier one, 1. 1.5 people. And it's a player that is that is good, that will make us better, I think, or has the potential certainly to make us better. It's not like, oh, this is a depth signing. Oh, this is someone that's going to be good for us in two or three years. This is someone that could come in now and maybe change how we play. Um, the thing is, I only see that happening if Delhi goes. And that's going to be something that each fan needs to figure out where they are on that. Is it worth losing a Delhi Ali for? Yeah. Well, uh, well the- to, to answer Kyle Mate's question, like, I I agree with Nate that, like, I would rather see somebody like a Sabitzer 
Like, I don't think Erickson is the same player that he was when he left us, and I don't know if he can ever become that player again. Um, now, if if we were like a risk-free deal, uh, like really low cost, like salary is manageable, the um, it's a worthwhile deal, and we certainly have problems with LaCelso staying healthy. Um, we need another body there. Um, we have the problem that he left on such bad terms that, that we're going to have to face. But maybe in that situation where we've tried every other avenue, but if we try, if we have other avenues to, to get there that we can improve, Erickson's not going to improve us. Um, Tommy, uh, you had some thoughts on that too? No. Um, I was actually going to do it until we were actually going to discuss it, but my biggest issue is all these players are foreigners. So if Deli Ali goes, I'm like, <laughs> I know I'm, I'm a bad guy. No, but so <laughs> my question, so the question begs is, do we have, can we, how, how many players can we bring in or can we bring in any players that are, that are foreign because we need to balance out the squad, you know, because of the British quota or English quota. And not if we sell Delhi and Winks or, or one of the other even. I don't think we're challenges. selling Winks. I think yeah. Delhi might go. And I can see another foreign player or two going. Like, I think Gedson will be gone. Yeah, he's he's already, they already said not, he's going back. back. He's already gone, yeah. Yeah, Jensen's back. Oh, for real? Yeah, yeah. Gedson's oh, gone. Yeah. They already sent him back. Oh, well, good for him. <laughs> I mean, thinking about Gedson was, like, I feel like he only he came in when we were in an injury emergency crisis, and if it worked out, fantastic, and if not, we were never going to sign him anyway, so no harm, no foul. And indeed, no harm, no foul. But you also forget, for the purposes of our Europa League and Cup squads, but specifically Europa League, which is where this would matter more than really anywhere, Joe Roden's not on that team, and he's homegrown. Mm-hmm. Well... Can Joe Roden can't Redo Joe Roden Europa League squad for the final thirty-two? Joe Roden will take place. We sell Dali Ali and replace him with a Sabitzer. So this is well, something to think Carter about. Vickers. Like, Carter Vickers is on the. Carter Vickers He's is on, on the Europa squad. Oh yeah, but he was on our Europa squad for the fall. So there's a place that Joe Roden could take is Carter Vickers. Oh, no, he's Welsh-born, so. That's no, different. he's still homegrown for you. That still counts as homegrown. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he's still homegrown because of uh, playing in the the, the build the development leagues. Yeah. But. Okay then. Cool. No, it shouldn't be a problem. Um, the only player that it doesn't apply to is a Dyer because he was raised in Portugal. Yeah. But since Swansea is part of the FA, I think that's what it is. Yeah, it is. Then I think it's. Which is weird because they're different countries when you in, in the international competition. But it's uh, um, it's one of those weird things I think that we have in our favor. Lucas, uh, no, just wanted to real quick uh, wrap up what we were just talking about with the the rumors where it's like ah we might only be able to sign somebody if Delhi goes. Like if the whole PSG Poch thing is true, I could absolutely see us putting Delhi over to PSG and. As much as I do, it would kill me. I, I love Delhi so much, and he's so special. But I think there's there's there has to be a time where we have this attitude towards Erickson right now, where it's like we have to accept that the player that Erickson is is the player. Like we're not getting the Erickson that we dream about back. It's getting kind of to that point for me where I'm like, I don't know if we're ever going to get the real Delhi back. And if that's the case, then 
if shipping him off now to PSG can get us some money and bring in a player that can help move us in the right direction, I'm good with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, Lucas. Uh, I think we got to look at Tottenham. Like, I will always love him, but mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, and if and if and if there's a situation where now it's PSG with a Poch and Deli Ali, it's going to be very difficult, and impossible for me to not root for that team, even with all the other shit that PSG is. But that's it. That's secondary. And it has to be secondary because I'm Tottenham. Just like I'm going to be Tottenham. That's right. Just like I'd root for Mourinho, Tottenham over a Pochettino, anybody else. I will root for whoever. I will root for a Sabitzer on Tottenham over a Delhi on PSG. That's how these things are. We can't just get caught up in the romanticism of 2015 to 2019. I think a lot um, of people do still, though. And a lot of people do. And, I, and, it, and it's difficult, I think, because one, I think a lot of people. Not me. I know. I do. I knew. I know. <laughs> It, it's not as sexy right now as what it comes down no, to the way not. we're playing. And, and That's what it comes down re- to. You have a right to be – people have a right to be mad about how we're playing because the only – as we've all said, the only reason we can stomach Mourinho ball is if we're getting results, and we're not getting them right now. So I understand the frustration. I understand the criticism. It's warranted. At the same time, though, we're still always going to be Tottenham first, no matter if it's him, no matter if it's Christian Gross, no matter if it's Jock Shantini, no matter if it's AVB coaching the team, no matter if it's Tim Sherwood coaching the team. Tottenham first. It's what we all signed up for. Or at least that's what I signed up for. Well, good, good conversation there, and thank you for the qu- question, Kyle Mates. But I want to move it along. We have two games to preview, so let's go into the first one. Um, so this Wednesday at home, we take on uh, Fulham. Uh, this is a league match. Uh, it's one fifteen um, here in uh, Chicago, so that's uh, actually it's noon, I believe. Uh, um, they certainly currently sit 18th place in the league with uh, 11 points, two wins, five draws, and eight losses. Most recently, they had a 0-0 draw to Southampton at home this uh, this weekend. Uh, prior to prior to that, they drew Newcastle, drew Brighton, drew Liverpool, and uh, lost to Man City. So they're kind of draw city right now. Um, nice. up, upcoming after us, they they uh, take on Burnley away on uh, the third. Um, so it's that Sunday they have one extra day rest than us. Um, their top goal scorer right now is Bobby Reed with four. Uh, Lookman and Mitrovic both have two behind him. Lookman, Zombo, and Mitrovic all have two assists as their leading uh, assist man on the team. Um, Carney and is their top rated player with 7.11 in uh, Anthony Robinson is behind him with 7.08. The last five times that we have taken on Fulham, they have been five consecutive wins. Um, so we go back uh, 29, January 2019, August 2018, February 2017, and then we have to go back into 2014 and 2013 prior to that. But all wins. So we, um, we typically handle Fulham... Well, um, how are you guys feeling about this particular match, uh, given our run of form and our style of defensive play that we've been dealing with and Fulham's recent results, uh, which have been fairly good events against top teams? So, Lucas? Uh, yeah, real quick. Um, a, the thing with the last time we played them away was uh, that – Wink's goal from a Kudu cross. In like, <laughs> what a strange couple. In, yeah, in like the 94th minute. and But that was actually our last, that was our last win 
that was in January of 2019. And that was our last Premier League away win until Poch or till uh, Mourinho took over. That was November. that like miracle, like from like the sideline. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Kudu Cross. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And that was the last, that was in January. And we didn't win away in the Premier League under Poch ever again until November when Mourinho took over and took care of that in about a week. We wouldn't smack West Ham. So I, I mean, playing Fulham, I don't think Mourinho's. Uh, again, we call it Mourinho ball and all these like labels on it, but I'm like, he's not stupid. He knows he's got players that can actually go tear this team apart at home. And I think we will. Um, I think that we're not going to, you're going to see a very attacking Spurs team on Wednesday. I, I don't think we're going to be seeing the same kind of bull crap that we pulled away to palace. Like this is going to be a different game. I think we're absolutely going to go after him. And I think we have to. Uh, Nate. Um, yeah, I mean, this, it's gotta be a statement game after what we've, we've had, we gotta, we gotta attack and we've got to continue to attack. And, um, I really hope, I mean, the thing about Fulham is like when they started, they were a joke. Everyone thought they were going down for sure. They looked totally a mess and, you know, credit to Scott Parker over there. Cause he's turned them around into a team that can get a good result. They held Liverpool to a draw. They've got, they were unlucky not to beat Brighton a couple of weeks ago. Um, this is all of a sudden a team that's getting points consistently, which if you're in their position, that's all you really need. Just keep getting points. No losses, draws, and wins. And they're getting more draws than wins, but they are getting those points, and they're getting closer to that threshold around the teams a little bit above them. I think the, uh, they're creating themselves from the West Ham's and the Sheff- or the West Brom's and the Sheffield. So I think um, this is... Um, not as straightforward as it should sound, but at the end of the day, it needs to be. We need to be ruthless, and we need to be forward-thinking, and we need we need a really statement win, and home against Fulham is the perfect opportunity to do that. So I'm really this, hoping we're able to kind of break this kind of situation we're in. This is draw FC, so yeah, I think we need to break a situation, so you're dead on. Uh, Lucas, you had another point. No, yeah, it's just something that, like, when you read out, uh, like, Fulham's fixture list, it's something that Rick always used to talk about, um, where when teams look ahead to certain games that might be more important to them, and the fact that they do play Burnley at the weekend, Fulham's in 18, Burnley's in 17, so there is a way that you could picture, if you're Fulham, why would you say, let's go for it against Spurs away? When we have Burnley, a game that is the most important game of their next, like, when you're 18th, the most important game in the world is the game against the 17th team. There couldn't be more or a more important game. Like that's getting yourself out of that zone. So I could see them looking past Spurs, saying, "You know what? We're probably going to get waxed. Let it happen. So be it. Like let's focus on Burnley." And I'm hoping that that's what happens. But I think what we'll see is they're just going to park the bus. They're going to say, "Fuck it." If they break us down, they break us down. If we lose, we lose. Like let's let's be focused on Burnley at the weekend. It's a fair point, uh, Tommy. What are your thoughts? Um, to piggyback off what Lewis said, I if if that was the case, that would make it easy. But of course, past few matches have not been easy. So I think I won't go with my prediction yet, scoreline at least. But in terms of like general prediction of the match, I wouldn't be surprised. 
it'll be a little bit difficult within the first 30 minutes, and then we run away with it just because of how things have been going. Um, and how Nate said with Scott Parker, like, yeah, they were absolute dog shit first couple, first few matches. They kind of pulled together. Maybe it's because of uh, a or a uh, director of football at AEW Booker Tony Khan putting shit, bringing shit together. Um, maybe the maybe the wrestlers for AEW actually got these football players asses. <laughs> I don't know. I was wondering if you're going to drop a Tony Khan reference. Yeah, and I just did. Illinois so you're welcome. Tony Khan, I will say, Champagne. Shout yeah. out to Illini. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, like. Next game is Leeds United, so, like, I mean, in terms of the squad, like, I would – Toby got rested. I thought – I was hoping he would get rested for full because it's, quote-unquote, the easier opponent on paper. But right now, I want to see him paired up with Tenganga because he was on the bench on – or yesterday as well. So, give him some minutes. Let's see what he has to offer again because, I mean, when he's played, he looked pretty decent. Um Sanchez hasn't set the world alight. Dyer's been playing a lot, but he has been doing well. So, I mean, you know, fair enough. But I don't know. I just, I'm hoping that we get at least three or four goals. Um, I hope we play more open. The way, fo- I don't, I mean, can somebody tell me? I don't, just, They're I mean, counterattacking. They're a very okay. counterattacking team. That's why they've, been able to get good results. Like the Leicester game, they had two fantastic counterattacks. Um, okay. Adamo Lookman's the one to watch. He's got criticized a little bit for missing a couple of penalties, but in open play, he's fantastic. Um, okay. I think he's going to, he's finally hit his stride that people thought he'd hit after he uh, went to Everton from uh, Charlton. Actually, he's a former Charlton player. We actually saw him play times. Um, when we were over there like four years ago now, but um, he, um, he looks fantastic for him. Uh, they, I wish, oh man, I'm blanking on a couple other names, but I watched that whole Liverpool game. A lot of us actually not playing too well for them. There's a couple other guys that I'm, that I just can't think of their names off the top of my head. Oh, Josh Onimo, forgot about him. He's not even playing for them either. He's not someone I'm too worried about. They got a couple of other guys. I got one guy. Lookman, Zombo, Mitrovic, uh, Robinson, Kearney. Um, Those are the guys yeah, well, that are, like, are there leading their yeah, Mitrovic, tables and Mitrovic is absolutely dog shit. They've got yeah, they've got a striker that can't score. It's great in build up, and I can't remember his name. It's driving me bonkers. And they've got a guy on the right. You know who's actually been really good for them? Their left back in American International, Anthony Robinson. He got man of the match this past week for them. So he is somebody to watch. If you're, especially if you're an American, but, um, he's their second rated player. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, he's having a great season for them and great to see for us. Cause we need a left back, but, um, we should win and we should win comfortably at home, especially it's relegation water. I mean, we talk about people talk about results. We're the only team like so far, I think the season hasn't played like two of the three relegation squads yet. Yeah. We have well, It's really go- nice to see coming up. We got to take advantage. Let me go to predictions first and just say, like, I am a little worried about this match in that I think Fulham is watching what we are doing right now. And we are playing incredibly defensive and counter, and our counter is ineffective right now. And as you pointed out, Nate, they are a counterattacking team. 
Um, and they have been very effective at, over the last few weeks in working out draws. Um, so I, I am a little worried about this one, but I think Jose realizes this and realizes that a change has to occur here. This is the turning point that Peter was talking about in his question. Uh, like West Ham was a tur- turning point, and we had to, to, to switch our skill set. And this will be the, the, the time when we become that quick, high-press counterattack team again. Um, now that we've figured out the defense, now let's go back, switch back to the attack against teams that we should be able to roll over and roll over this team. And I think this is going to be uh, a 3-1 victory. Um, I don't think we can keep them off the board, especially if we're switching back from our defensive style uh, to an attacking style. But I do think we're going to get a goal from Harry. I think we'll get a goal from Sun. Um, and I think we'll get a goal from Bale off the bench on this one. Um, let me go to Lucas next. Uh, I think <clears throat> a lot of what you said makes sense. But remember, Fulham's watching this, and they're watching us play defensive. But the run of games that we just played is unheard of. In my lifetime, I'm almost 30. I've never seen us play this. 30 years, I've never seen us play that elite level of games where it's City, Arsenal, Chelsea. Like Crystal Palace was like the off day. And that's a team that can actually go throw goals on you and attack. And they have guys who can score. So I, I don't think that... Fulham's going to come out and try and hit us on the break. I think they're just going to park the bus and pray. So I, I definitely see this one being 3-1. I think they might get something cheeky off like a corner or some crap, but I think we're going to be in control. Um, we're going to get after them, and we're going to win 3-1. Goal's going to be from Sun, Kane, and Lucas. Okay. Uh, Nate? Nate, well, you're on mute. You're on mute, Nate. Mute. Let's go to Tommy next. <laughs> oh, we can hear you now. Yeah, we can hear you now. Oh, no, we can't. How Let's about go- now? Now we can. Okay. Can somebody say something. Clicking a button on this. I'm sorry. I'm using my, my roommate's stuff because he's a teacher and he got all this stuff for free because uh, he has to do nice. online classing. So I'm just not used to any of it. I accidentally pressed a button on these headphones. Yeah, I think we're going to win five. Sounds cooler. Sounds cooler than my roommate. That guy's a shitbag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. Shopping. I know. He's he's garbage. <laughs> but um, no, yeah. Who's that fucking guy? No, five nothing. This is this is putting myself on a limb here. I'm gonna say Sun two, Kane one, Bergvine one, and Eric Dyer free kick. Oh wow, That's- Eric Dyer. Ooh, specific. I like that. Mm. Yeah, very specific. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it getting off the schneid. Of <laughs> that would be awesome. Back to winning. Like, I want your prediction to happen, Nate. Uh, let's go to Tommy next. Okay. So I'm predicting 3 0. And I'm, well, I'm not a parade guy. So I'm hoping that, uh, as Lucas was saying, Fulham are looking forward to Burnley on the weekend. But also, so we kind of walk away with it. Um, and also, I'm particularly a shutout because I did look. They only scored 13 goals this season. They're on the lower end. So 
hopefully that trend continues. Uh, my scores are Kane with two and Son with one. Good, good shout, Tommy. So we all predicted win, so I'm, I'm certainly hoping hoping that, that we turn this around and go back to our winning ways. And this is like now that we're out of that tough fixture period, that this will be the turning point where where we kind of gain confidence back and um, and and we feel like that that we're moving forward and, and moving forward into this upcoming Saturday match, which isn't that far far off either. So yet another. Premier League match that we have to face on the weekend um, in early. Uh, so uh, this Saturday, January 2nd, so the day after New Year's here in Chicago, we take on Leeds at home. Um, so the, the Leeds currently sit, sits 12th place in the league with 20 points. That's six wins, two draws, and seven losses. Um, they uh, most recently beat Burnley at home on the 27th, so the, sa- the same day that we, we, we just had our game against the Wolves. Uh, they lost to Man United prior to that, beat Newcastle, lost to West Ham, and lost to Chelsea prior to that. Upcoming, they take on West Prom- Brom away prior to our match, so on the 29th, on Wednesday, they have a match. Uh, so they also have the midweek uh uh, for them as well. Um, and then they have to take on Crawley in the FA Cup on the 10th pr- after us is what they'll be looking at following our match. Their top goal scorer is Patrick Bamford with nine goals, uh, so pretty good so far. Uh, Klitsch and Dallas are behind him with three. Uh, Harrison and Klitsch are their uh, tied for assists at four. Bamford is their Top rated player with 7.27, and Rafina is behind him with 7.18. Um, we have not played lead since 2013, so none of these matches, uh, it makes no sense to go over our recent form against them. Uh, so we'll, we'll just. 2013. Yeah. Uh, we played Leeds. Uh, it was an FA Cup match, uh, and we, we lost to them 2 1 in the FA Cup in January of 2013. Um, huh. we, I don't even remember that. We beat we beat them yeah, in the FA Bale. Cup in 2010. In that game. I remember that because I was oh, yeah. yeah, Dempsey yeah. on a bail assist. Yeah. Seth leads. It was in gray uniforms. Gareth Bale did that weird thing where he like did the complete 360 spin around somebody on the left side. I don't know if you guys remember that. It was an amazing piece of skill. Score. Only I just remember the. I only remember 2011 FA Cup because that was Danny Rose's. A debut for us. Well, t- 2010, we faced Leeds. Uh, we drew them, and then we, uh, in January... Beat them on the return leg. Yeah, yeah, and we had to do a replay, and uh, and we beat them on the replay. Yeah, it was third um, round. Yeah, so, but but going back prior to that, we have to go to 04 and 03, so we're talking way back. Doesn't Not really relevant information, but we... We've kind of seen what Leeds has done, and they've kind of made a statement that they belong in the league and they're planning on staying up in the league. I think, I think they've made a fairly good case. I mean, in a tight league right now, that they can be relatively competitive, uh, if not necessarily good. Uh, Lucas, how do you feel about this match? <clears throat> well, uh, as all of you guys know, I, I hate this team more than just about anyone else that's uh, – bunch of Woolwich rats. Um, I hate Leeds so much, and I hate the 
the like fake respect that they demand because they were good a million years ago and then hey but we're a big club we have a big stadium I'm like i don't care you've been in the fucking championship for 10 years west ham went down and got their way back up in a year like this team drives me insane and i've never met a leeds fan that i didn't want to punch right in the mouth they're arrogant they're annoying i've been waiting for this game since the moment that they came up and we're gonna fucking smack them and i'm so excited for this and uh, like i'm more worried about fulham than i am for leeds Fulham's gonna park the bus and Fulham's going to say, hey, try and crack us. And that's been a problem. Leeds is going to be like, hey, we're going to come at you and we're going to throw all these numbers forward. Okay, cool. Great. We'll be ready for that. We've got a good defense. And also, we have guys that can throw it back your way and absolutely bury and make this 5-0. So I am so excited for this game. I can't wait. It's going to be like Christmas Day round two when we throw it down these scumbags' throats. And we're going to hit them on the break. And it's going to be... It's going to be absolutely wonderful. I can't wait. To, to your point, Lucas, they, they have most recently lost to Manchester United, West Ham, uh, what, yeah, whatever, and then Chelsea. So teams that seem to have reasonable attacks and reasonable defenses. But like they, but they top can't teams, adjust. They, they, they struggle with. No, yeah. Bielsa's got a way of playing. and They can't adjust. They play one speed, one way. It. That's it. Right. Mm-hmm. One band, one sound. Yep. Um. <laughs> go ahead, Nate. Go ahead. Um, no, it's kind of interesting because, like, the Bielsa thing, Bielsa gets a lot of respect because he has this advanced, open way of playing. But he's You're only 12. won one thing in his life he's won the Olympics. And then this is why because when he goes up against a United or a Liverpool or a Tottenham, he won't change, he will do what he always does. And it's beautiful to watch. And leads are fantastic to watch from a neutral perspective. We can rip these bastards apart, given the opportunity. And that opportunity will present itself. So it's all about mitigating their offensive play and capitalizing. And it's something we've been shown that we can do. So I'm actually with Lucas on this one. And I hope I don't have to eat my words on this. But this is the way leads set up, I think, is just perfect for Mourinho ball so it's all about execution and let's see if we can do it or not and let's see if we have see the thing about this is this is now two weeks on the road are Lucas and Vinicius going to be back is Gareth Bale going to be healthy these are all the factors kind of play with the game down the road just because we don't know what our injury situation is right now but it's also 6 30 a.m and as Lucas will tell you always put the over on the early game and it's a Leeds game so that just should give you an idea of how many goals could potentially happen in this game because <laughs> um, they're very talented. Like, they, like Patrick Bamford's having a hell of a season. Jack Harrison, who was actually drafted by the Chicago Fire before they traded him away before he kicked the ball, which I still hate, to yeah. New York City FC. But he's an MLS smart move. That's, that's thriving in the Premier League right now. So it's kind of he's really uh, respect to him for that. But they're they're fun to watch. But that's where it ends. They're fun to watch. But they're 12th for a reason. They have the worst. Um, Goals given up in the league for a reason. It's because of the way Bielsa plays, and it sets himself up for us to capitalize. And we just got to do that. We got to execute. Yeah. No. Uh, like I love how you two are in agreement on this one. Uh, yeah, Tommy me, Lucas. Have- hey, you got us on the podcast, and we're literally agreeing with everything we each other. Yeah. Say. I know. This is. Like, <laughs> I never <laughs> yeah. do this. Like I expected this to be a, a battle the, royale. We're like hyping right, this the- up. On- I was just thinking, like, yeah. nah, basically lying in step with most of what he's talking about right the, now. 
the like the the famous Nate and Luke fisticuffs episode. This needs to be this title is anti anti fisticuffs needs to be the episode title. Anti fisticuffs. Kumbaya. Yeah, that, that's a good one. Uh, any final points, Tommy? Before we uh, go to predictions, uh, I mean, you guys said it all. I mean. Marcelo Bielsa, I mean, he reminds me of his mentor. Go figure, huh? But, I mean, yeah, he's fun to watch. And, it's, and oddly enough, as Luke, or I forget who said, I've never met a Leeds fan. It wasn't Lucas or Nate, but yeah, that I don't want to punch right in the face. Yes, that was me. My friend <laughs> Paul, he's actually a Leeds United fan because he's actually from Leeds. Invite him to our Seattle place. We're going to get the jaw pucked off him. Well, he's in his 50s, so that'd be kind of weird. You just beat so him. Like, I like my chances. Then. <laughs> I like my chances. I mean, yes, <laughs> but that's beside the point. I don't know. This, as Nate was saying, like they gave up, or look at the stats, they gave up 30 goals this season, but they scored one less. So if they're playing like Pochettino, because that's, I mean, let's be fair, Pochettino is a disciple of Marcelo Bielsa. If they're going to play that same way, as Nate would say, like we should be, they should be right for the counterattack if we're if uh, Mourinho wants to play that way, in theory. So, I mean, I'll c- come with my prediction a little bit or at, in a little no, bit. No, go, go right into your prediction. Yeah, it's perfect. Oh, okay. I'm actually, I mean, they scored one less goal, so I'll, I think they're going to score at least one. But I'm going to say we're going to win four one. I think it's. I think this is a. Aside from Fulham, this is a good game to rebound off of as well and build some momentum until the end of uh, January. Then we can build off that and maybe uh, take off Liverpool. So let's do the cliche Kane, Son. Um, I'll say Bergvine. B-E-R-G-W-I-J-N. Okay. Uh, I don't know who else. Ah, fuck. I'll, I'll say Son scores twice. It'll probably be hot this time instead of cold from before. Okay, sounds good. Uh, um, Lucas, it uh, looked like you had your hand up for next. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I actually, Tommy had my scoreline down pat, but nice. I'm going to change it because <clears throat> I'm going I'm to channel the spirit of Rick. We win 5-0. <laughs> uh, unlike That's Rick, we would six say 6-0, nil. Nil, but six yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go 5-0, and I, I honestly think we put this team to the sword, and they're going to come at us, and they're going to get taught a serious lesson. And I'm so excited for it. But, yes, uh, Kane 2, Sun 2, and I'm going to say – I'm going to say Hoiberg gets his first goal as well. Great. Okay, uh, Nate? This is going to be a fun one. It's going to be the game of the season in the Premier League. 6-4. Um – we're going to have Hyungmin's son getting a hat trick. We're going to have Kane with one and good old Stevie B with two. <laughs> and it's going to be a wild ass game and everyone's going to love it. And happy days, I'm saying. Happy days is the phrase of the week for me. We're going to have sunshine and six points. I'm going to say that we're still working out this like balance between attack and defense uh, that we seem to not be able to get straight. Like either we're all in the attack or we're all in the defense, but we don't seem to be able to do both at the same time. Um, so I think this is going to be a win, but it's going to be a high scoring win. I think it's going to be a 
four three. Um, and, and I'm going to say um, we get a goal from Kane, a goal from Sun. We do get a goal finally from Bergvine, and we get a substitution goal from Gareth Bale, who makes it into this match. Heard it through the Bergvine. <laughs> uh, Lucas, you have a, a point before yeah, we wrap yeah, up the episode. Yeah, I do, and it's a quick one, but um, I just want to say, like, your point with it's all about how clinical we can be. And when you read out the stats earlier, you said uh, Bamford has nine goals. And then you said the next two were guys that scored three. Yeah. Like, I think Kane has, what, like 10? And he's not even in lead. Son is. So we have guys that can be clinical. And the difference, like, the game in the summer when we had the project restart and we played Leicester and we threw three on them and we looked amazing – but that game, all we did was park the bus and we just hit him on the break, got some moments, buried him. And no one was mad about being defensive that game. So I think that we absolutely will invite leads. Like, you want to come to White Hart Lane and you want to throw numbers forward, that'll be grand. We'll smack you on the break. And we have the guys to be clinical. I don't think they do. Which is why I think this one is going to be a lock for us. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good shouting that. That's probably a good place to wrap up the episode. Any final points before we close out? Well, that about wraps us up for today. So thank you, uh, Tommy, Nate, and Lucas for being on the episode today. Uh, Thanks to Tommy for editing and sound today. Uh, Charlie for the music. Kevin for social media. Tommy for back page update. Luke for Luke Locks. Uh, Kimberly for the logo. And as always, the Atlantic Bar and Grill. We can't wait to get back to you guys. Uh, find our merchandise at Big Head Media and hit the subscribe button and write us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook at Four Star Spurs and our website at fourstarspurs.com. Come on, you Spurs.